0: The following audio is from Life Centre Church. For more information, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. I get the privilege to kick this series off, and I'm both excited and expectant about this series that we're digging into. Um, I'm excited. I, I hope it's not just a series where we gain more information about the Holy Spirit, but we actually experience and know Him better. And so right from the beginning, we believe as a church that God is a triune God. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we've kind of felt, especially as a leadership team, that perhaps the Holy Spirit was the member of the Trinity that we focused on the least or perhaps had the most misunderstanding around. And so our endeavors during this series is to just gain some clarity around the person of the Holy Spirit, what He does, what He does not do, and then what that means for us as a church. And so in saying that, Uh, I know there's some people in here this morning who are already feeling a little bit tense. And I understand that. There are some people in here that have a a range of spectrums and beliefs when it comes to the person of the Holy Spirit. And I just want us to breathe this morning because we are going to look at God, God the Holy Spirit. There are some in here this morning who are already feeling awkward and cautious and a little bit suspicious, thinking, hey, where are we going with this series? And if we spend the whole time just focusing on the Holy Spirit, we're going to end up down the road of charismania. And there are some people in here on the other side of the spectrum who, as soon as they heard that we were doing a series on the Holy Spirit, it was like, yeah, it's about time the Holy Ghost broke out in this place and we all spoke in tongues and levitated. And I just want to let you know, (laughs) neither of those things are going to happen. So we can just breathe this morning. And I also understand that there are people who have experienced real abuse and misrepresentation because of people who have used the name of the Holy Spirit in an unbiblical way. And that saddens me, and I'm sorry about that. But what I've seen more often than not is in response to that, people run away, neglect, avoid altogether, not just the things of the Spirit, but the Holy Spirit Himself. And I think that is an even greater tragedy because we need the Holy Spirit for life and godliness. And we need the Holy Spirit to do all things for the glory of Christ and to know God. And so I want to assure you this morning, we are never going to be a church that lines you up at the front and pushes you down. We're not going to be a church where we're going to start calling Kylam an apostle. And we are... N- <laughs> I know as much as he desires that. <laughs> but that. And we're probably never going to have a microphone up the front for anybody just to come up and prophesy. We're not going to be that kind of church. But we do believe that God is a miraculous God, that he is a powerful God. We believe that God does signs and wonders in and through the body of believers, the church of Jesus Christ. We believe that God can do things that we can't even imagine. And so what that means is sometimes we're going to experience and we're going to see things that we don't understand. We believe that God will never contradict himself or his word, but will often contradict what we think he should and shouldn't do, what we think he can and can't do. And so I just want us to, one, breathe this morning, but two, have open minds as to what the Holy Spirit might want to do in and through us individually and as a church. Because our desire is to be a church that is serious about deep, robust theology, grounded and rooted in the sufficiency of Scripture and set ablaze by the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to be a church who is serious about deep, robust theology, grounded and rooted in the sufficiency of Scripture and set ablaze by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Because that's who we think the Bible calls us to be as sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, as the church of Jesus, the body of Christ. And so in saying all that, How about we pray? God, thank you that you love us. Thank you that we can turn to your word and see you, see your goodness and learn more about you. Thank you that you are Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we just ask this morning that you would do what only you can do as you lead us into truth, as you lead us to understand more about who you are, Holy Spirit, and what that means for us to have the living God dwell inside of us. And so Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would speak through me, that you'd open our hearts and our minds and our eyes to see you for who you really are. And I'll pray all this in your powerful and wonderful name. Amen. So who is the Holy Spirit? Like I said, we believe that he is part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's the third person of the Trinity, is how we would refer to him, and not third as in third in a race, as if first and second were better, but kind of third as in the third side of a triangle, if I can use that analogy. He's the same but different. And whilst I don't have the capacity today to go into Trinitarian theology or the brain power to ever comprehend really, What I want to do is look at what the Bible says God does. So we know that God created the world. He created the heavens and the earth. We know that God created you and me. We know that God spoke in the Old Testament through the kings and the prophets. We know it was God who, through Mary, conceived Christ. and We know that it was God who empowered Jesus in ministry unto his death. And it was God who raised Christ from the dead. And it is now God that lives inside of you and me. right? We believe that as Christians. But did we know all those things I just described were done by the person of the Holy Spirit? We looked to Genesis 1, it was the Holy Spirit who was actually agent of creation. It was the Holy Spirit who spoke through the kings and the apostles in, in the Old Testament and the prophets. It was the Holy Spirit, Job says, that made you and my, the breath of the Almighty, gave us life. It was the Holy Spirit who came upon Mary that conceived Jesus. It was the Holy Spirit who empowered Jesus in ministry unto death. And it was the Holy Spirit who raised Christ from the dead. And it was the Holy Spirit who now lives inside of you and me. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. Not a smaller God, not a lesser God, not a tertiary God, but God Almighty. The creator and sustainer of all things. The Holy Spirit is God. And we need to know that and believe that this morning, not just in our heads, but in our hearts. And this isn't just some new theology we've come up with recent. We have always believed this. We can look to the Nicene Creed, one of these early confessions of faith from the church fathers, and they wrote this. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, with with whom the Father and Son together is worshipped and glorified. We believe in the Holy Ghost, or in modern English, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the one who gives life. We've always believed that the Holy Spirit was God. And where did they get this from? Well, they got this from the Bible. We look to Paul in, in 1 Corinthians, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Who is the Holy Spirit? He is God. The word Trinity doesn't appear in our Bibles, but we see over and over again the synonymous use of the Holy Spirit and of God. And one of the the main places we see this is in Acts 5 when Peter confronts Ananias and his wife about lying to the Holy Spirit, about how much they sold their house for. It must have been a good market like today. And so they, they lied to the Holy Spirit, but then Peter says, you've lied to the Holy Spirit. And a few verses later, he says, why have you done this? You didn't just lie to man, but to God. There's this synonymous use between the Holy Spirit and God. And then again, Paul in Corinthians, he's talking to the church, saying, "You're a temple of God," and then three chapters later, he says, "You're a temple of the Holy Spirit." All throughout our Bible, we see this synonymous use of the Holy Spirit and God, as if they were one, and that is what we believe: the Holy Spirit is God. And so, you might be here this morning, but yeah, shame, we believe that, like we believe in the Trinity, but do we actually believe that? Do our lives, do our devotion to God, do our prayer lives proclaim that we believe the Holy Spirit is God? Or have we just pushed him off to some peripheral role in our faith that every now and again we'll reach out to him when we think we need him for something that he does? We need the Holy Spirit more than anything. He is the power and presence of God in our lives and in the lives of the church. So the Holy Spirit is God, but he's also a person, And not a person as in you and I, but as in a person of the Trinity. And what I mean by that is he has personality and he has purpose. He can be lied to, he can be grieved, he can be blasphemed. It says that the Holy Spirit intercedes, he creates, he gives gifts, he speaks. He has his own will, he's not some power to be controlled. We read in Acts thirteen two that the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, for the work that I have called them. Because the Holy Spirit moves by his own will, calling people and pursuing people and moving people and leading people. He is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is the Holy Spirit and he is God. And so we need to know that this morning if we're ever to gain a better understanding of who God the Father is in his fullness and grandeur and glory. The Holy Spirit is God and he is a person. And so what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Well, I think it's important to know who he is that we might know what he actually does. And whilst I don't have the capacity or the time to go through all of the things that the Holy Spirit has done and continues to do in and through us today and in creation and redemption, I think Michael Bird gives this amazing summary of the work of the Spirit. He says this, The Holy Spirit is the workhorse of the Trinity. He is the power of God's presence and the presence of God's power both in creation and redemption. I love that that picture that the Holy Spirit is the workhorse of the Trinity. He is the power of God's presence and the presence of God's power both in creation and redemption. It's the Holy Spirit through whom the will of God is made actualized in this world. And so if I could illustrate it like this, imagine before creation, the Trinity in their perfect union and communion and love decided upon this glorious redemptive plan and so the father decreed to, to make this world in which he would call to himself into glorious eternity, this redeemed humanity, you and I, as a love offering to the son. And in response, the son says, I'm willing to pay the price in order to receive and redeem that humanity. And in the midst of that pledge between the father and the son, the Holy Spirit steps in and says, I and willing to go and be the power and presence in which that redemptive plan can be made manifest in this world. It is the Holy Spirit, like I said, that came upon Mary to conceive Christ. It's the Holy Spirit who now fills us as believers. And here's a few things that the Holy Spirit does. He regenerates, he indwells, he comforts, he teaches. It's the Holy Spirit who illuminates, who leads, who convicts, who produces fruit within us. It's the Holy Spirit who baptizes, who sets free, who ministers, who revives. It's the Holy Spirit who sanctifies, who resurrects, who empowers, who gifts, who purifies. It's the Holy Spirit that points, declares, and glorifies Christ in all things. He is the workhorse of the Trinity. He is the one who applies the works and accomplishments of Christ to our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God more than anything. And we have him. And so how can we ever relegate him to some peripheral role in our life? He isn't some sideline player in the redemptive plans of God. He didn't just jump in in the fourth quarter after Jesus had done all the hard work. No, he is the one who led and empowered Christ to the cross, who raised Christ from the dead and who now raises us and gives life to our mortal bodies. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so we need to see him as God Almighty, the one to be pursued and cherished and adored and loved because he is good and gracious and kind to us. If you want a picture of heaven and earth colliding, it's you. It's the Holy Spirit, God in you. Let's not live as though that's just some theological idea. Let's live as that is reality for those who place their trust in Jesus. You have God, the Holy Spirit inside of you. And so I just listed about 63 verbs in which the Holy Spirit does some things, right? He does an amazing amount of things in creation, redemption, and continue off into eternity. But over the next four weeks, we're just going to talk about four of them. So that's all we've got time for. Leading into Christmas, and we've got to get back to Jesus. And so, today, settle down. Today, I'm going to just briefly talk about how the Holy Spirit leads us into truth as He illuminates the Word of God and points us to Christ. And then next week, we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit gives us gifts for the building up and the edification of the body. That should be a good week, so I'd encourage you to come along. And then after that, Kyle will be back, and he'll talk about how it's the Holy Spirit who actually regenerates our souls and gives us life. And then we're going to finish this series looking at how the Holy Spirit fills us, what that means and what that means for us. And so today I just want to finish by looking at how the Holy Spirit leads us into truth, points us to Jesus and illuminates the word of God to us. And I love this. In Jesus' last few words to his disciples before he heads to the cross, he spends a good chunk of time talking about the Holy Spirit. And so in John chapter 14, we read this. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to help you and be with you forever. And then in John 16, 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. So Jesus says, this helper is coming. In fact, it is better for me to leave that I might send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. And you can just imagine the disciples when Jesus said this, thinking, how is it ever better for you to leave us? Some of us might think, then, how is it better for Jesus to not be here? Well, Jesus could not be everywhere in his physical body. He could be in one place at one time. But when the Holy Spirit came upon the church of Christ at Pentecost, the presence of God could be with all believers at all times in all places. And that was why it was better that Jesus would go, that the Holy Spirit might come. And so the Holy Spirit comes and fills the church of Christ to continue the work of Christ in and through the body of Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He comes and fills the church of Christ to continue, not his own work, the work of Christ in and through you, the body of Christ. And so we need the Spirit to do all things for the glory of Christ, to serve, to love like Jesus did. And so I want to talk about this word here, helper, real quick. I don't always love doing this, but in the Greek, it's this word paraclete. And, And it's often translated helper, but sometimes advocate, sometimes comforter, and sometimes counsellor. And as Tim Keller says, it should have been translated greatest friend. And so what this word is referring to is there is many, many spheres to how the Holy Spirit helps us, advocates, counsels, leads us. In fact, John then uses this same word paraclete to describe Jesus in 1 John 2.1. And so when Jesus says another helper is coming, He's not saying another different to me, but another one like me, another one the same as me, who will comfort you as I have comforted you, who will counsel you as I have counseled you, who will care for you and love you and lead you as I have led you, who will advocate and testify and intercede for you as I has interceded for you, and who will be with you forever like the greatest friend. He will never leave you. The Holy Spirit hasn't come to do something different but to continue the work of Christ in and through the body of Christ. The Holy Spirit ministers to us on the inside what Christ has accomplished on the outside. And in all things, he points us back to Jesus, to his finished work on the cross, and what that means for us. And so I want to spend this last time just, just looking at these verses. John sixteen thirteen says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit leads us into all truths by illuminating the words of God to us. So it's one thing for us to believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. It's another thing for us to understand that we actually need the Holy Spirit in order to comprehend, to read, to learn what it says in this book, to turn the ink on our pages and make it alive and active in our hearts, in our minds. This is the illuminating work of the Spirit in us. And so there's this apparent tension or battle that you might have heard of between the Spirit of God and uh, the Bible, between the Holy Spirit and the Bible, right? On one side, people say, Hey, I don't need the Bible because I have the Holy Spirit who's going to lead me into all truth. And on the other side, we have people who say, Hey, I don't need the Holy Spirit anymore because we now have the Bible. And I will say, You're actually both wrong. We need the Holy Spirit because what? He declares the things of Christ in and through the word of Christ, the Logos. It is the Spirit who glorifies the Son, it is the Spirit who enables us to read the Bible, it's the Spirit who wrote the Bible. There's no battle between the Bible and the Holy Spirit, or better put, the Word of God and the God of the Word. There's no battle there. The more that we seek and pursue the Holy Spirit, the more He's going to point us to the Word of God, that we might see and glorify the beauty of Christ in and through His Word. So we need not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. But I wonder, do we come to our Bibles like this? desperate for the Holy Spirit to make it alive to us, prayerful that the Holy Spirit might reveal the truths of these words to our minds and our hearts. Some of us may have experienced this before. You know, you've read this verse or this chapter a hundred times and then you go back to it again one day and bam, it just becomes alive to you. You understand it and in it you rejoice in the goodness and the promises of God and you glorify and worship Him. That's the illuminating power of the Spirit at work within you. And that's what we need the Spirit to do to us. And as he does that, he points us back to Jesus because he always glorifies him. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says this, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God, and we may impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. And as the band come back up, I just want to finish with this. No matter how many amazing things the Holy Spirit does, continues to do, and is responsible for, always in all things, he will point us to Jesus. He doesn't make much of himself, but always seeks to make much of the Son. He doesn't need or desire the glory, but in all things seeks to glorify the Son. That's why we can pursue the Holy Spirit wholeheartedly. That's why we don't need to be afraid to seek the Holy Spirit because He will always point us back to the Son. If you experience something done in the name of the Holy Spirit that doesn't point you to Jesus, it's probably not the Holy Spirit. But if you experience something that you just don't understand in your brain but yet in some way it glorifies Christ, it's probably the Holy Spirit. Always the Spirit will point us back to Jesus to his goodness, to his grace, to his mercy, to his kindness. And so I want to be a church serious about pursuing the Holy Spirit. Because I think we're a church serious about glorifying Jesus, right? Because it's the Holy Spirit that makes us more like Jesus. If you wanna know Jesus more, you need the Holy Spirit. If you wanna love Jesus more, you need the Holy Spirit. If you wanna love like Jesus more, you need the Holy Spirit. If you wanna look like Jesus more, you need the Holy Spirit. If you wanna preach Jesus more, you need the Holy Spirit. If you want other people to come to know Jesus more, we need the Holy Spirit at work in our lives and desperately at work in and through us as a church because we can do nothing on our own, I can preach a subpar message up there, maybe encourage three or four of you, but by the time you get to the car park, it means nothing unless the Spirit of God has changed your heart. And so I'm desperately praying that the Holy Spirit will revive us as a people, that we might seek to glorify Christ in all that we do as we pursue the Holy Spirit, God, in this place and in our lives and our devotion. Because I truly believe that if we love Jesus like we do, then we will love the Spirit. We will adore the Spirit. We will seek the Spirit, pursue the Spirit. And if we neglect the Holy Spirit, then we're going to miss the Son. I truly believe that. If we neglect God the Holy Spirit, then we are going to miss the glorious wonders of God the Son in all His fullness and grandeur and beauty. And so I want to be a church that is serious about pursuing the things of the Spirit. Not afraid, but serious. A church empowered by God, the Holy Spirit. Set ablaze by God, the Holy Spirit. Seeking to love and edify those around us through the power of the Spirit. Seeking to serve one another through the power of the Spirit. Love one another. Our neighbours preach the gospel to those who don't know Jesus through the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit we focus all of our attention just on the finished work of Christ and not on the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. We're only preaching half a gospel. Because it's the Holy Spirit that enabled us to believe in Jesus in the first place. It's the Holy Spirit that made us alive, who brings conviction, who purifies us, who sanctifies us, who makes us more like Jesus. And so let's not be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Let's take back the Holy Spirit from people that have misrepresented Him in an unbiblical, ungodly manner. It's like Rosie was praying this morning. We only have one Spirit. There's only one Holy Spirit. It's not like the Holy Spirit over there is a different Holy Spirit to we have. There is only one God, one Father, one Son, and one Holy Spirit. And so He is going to do some things that are greater than we can ask or imagine. He will never contradict his word, like I said, but he might move in our midst in ways that we just don't understand. But we should be used to that. I don't understand how the Trinity works. I don't understand how Mary could give birth to God of all things. I don't understand how dead people come back to life or how wretched sinners like you and me can be called children of God but I believe that it's by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. And so we're gonna be serious about pursuing the Holy Spirit. And we might see some things that we don't understand, but that's good. That's good for us because we're not God, He is. And He is more wise than we will ever be. He sees all things, He knows all things, and we don't. And so I want us to breathe over the next four weeks. I also want us to be open what God might do through his spirit. If you're a Christian here this morning, you have received the greatest gift you will ever get, God and the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The creator of all, you can turn and pray to the God of all things at any time and he will listen to you. You can ask him to help you, and he will lead and guide you. You have God in you. How crazy is that? And if you're not a Christian here this morning, then most of this has sounded really strange to you. And I get that. And I actually really only have one thing to say to you. Maybe talk to God. Maybe just ask God to reveal himself to you. Just, just ask him to reveal himself to you. Because we read in Luke eleven thirteen, talking about how we can give good gifts from our fathers, He says this, if you then know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So just pray. Ask God to reveal himself to you. Because I believe, I truly believe that he will do that. He will show you his goodness and his grace. He will reveal himself to you. Maybe you are a Christian this morning and, and you feel a bit stale in your faith. Maybe you feel like, oh, the Bible says a lot of things that should be happening, but I just don't see it. I want to encourage you this morning, ask the Holy Spirit to make the Bible alive in your hearts, to fill you afresh, that you might see His beauty, that you might worship God for who He is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Life Centre Church, located in North Lakes. We exist to make, mature, and multiply disciples in communities that depend upon, declare, and display the gospel of Jesus Christ in all of life. If you would like more information about us, please visit lifecentrechurch.com.au. We provide our podcasts free of charge. Please feel free to download the content and share it with others